Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Top of the morning to you, Coach Paula. What's going on? Just enjoying another day of our Christmas vacation together. This couple-week vacation that you've taken makes me really look forward to you retiring. I'm looking forward to that day, whatever day that ends up being. Yep, we'll just prayerfully consider when that should be and uh, of course now that you're double nickels you're retirement eligible but not ready to pull the trigger just yet not ready yet but i'm really enjoying this trial run at it yeah it's been a lot of fun because we've been able to work on coaching during the day so our evenings have been a lot more relaxing here lately yeah it has been really relaxing and i've learned what you've told me for some time is in retirement, you're still just crazy busy and it's hard to fit everything in. And I've experienced that, even though it's been mostly relaxing. There's always a few other things that I was wanting to do that I just didn't get time to do. Yeah. And with coaching and with our athletes, there's always something to do. And it's just always busy whether you're working or not working. And I haven't had Ellie, haven't been babysitting because her parents, Jacob and Shelby, are both teachers. So they're off as well. So even with my extra free time, we have found plenty to do. They need to go back to school so that we can babysit Ellie. Yeah. But we've still seen her some over the break. Yeah. I'm just teasing. Yeah, it's kind of fun because her language continues to develop and it's just fun to put the pieces together. And some things are just crystal clear what she's saying and some things, just because we're around her a lot, we know what she's saying. But it's a lot of fun. Every day is growth. Yes, it is. So you had a workout this morning or just a run? I had a workout this morning. First real speed work I've had in a very long time. You even did it on a track. The Owensboro Middle School track that you helped design before you retired. Of all the projects when I was finance and operations officer, I would have to say that designing and redoing the football field and especially the track around the football field was a lot of fun. It's very nice to run on. Soft, rubberized surface. And, you know, sometimes when people retire, they'll get the keys to the city or some kind of recognition. But our superintendent gave me a key to the track so I can use the track whenever I would like. I just, as new superintendents come on board, I guess I'll have to go visit them and say, hey, this is what I got when I retired. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't go to the track very often. We don't. This was the first time in a long time, and it was Jacob's idea. We were planning to do a workout together today, and he suggested the track, and I thought, well, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. When I first retired, I was trying to do an open track twice a week, and I was doing it early in the morning because I wanted to have it open to the public, A, when school is not in session, 
just because when school was in session, the physical education and other classes often use that area of the campus. And then after school, it's hopping with the middle school and high school. That's both their primary track and it's the middle school's primary football field. So it stays very busy. And then also we set up a lease agreement for 20 years with a local college. And so they use it in the afternoons and early evenings as well. So mornings it was, and I would open it a couple mornings a week, and it was just so rare that community members would come. So I haven't provided open track in probably a year and a half. Yeah, but it was a good workout. Jacob and I were doing three sets of five minutes at an interval pace, quick pace, faster than half marathon. And as we've experienced in the past, our watches measure much faster in the clockwise direction around the track. It was as much as 15 to 20 seconds per mile faster in the clockwise direction. Yeah. When I was training for my Boston qualifying race and I had certain targets I wanted to hit, I would do, say I had 10 intervals, I would do five in the counterclockwise, which is the typical track direction. And then I would do five in the clockwise direction and It was kind of a big energy boost when the last five were much faster than the first five. But I figured as long as the first five and the last five averaged out to be around my goal pace that I'd be okay. And it worked, so. Yeah, and Jacob and I were just going by effort anyway. So the time didn't make a whole lot of difference. But we were both within our target range in both directions. But But actually, Jacob was a little fast in the clockwise direction. Yeah, and as my coach when I was training, you'd be saying, "Oh, don't you just think you were more warmed up for those final ones?" I'm like, "No, like I promise you like it with very little effort, I'm going faster than when I was really digging in mm-hmm. in the other direction." And I think you were pretty skeptical, but if nothing else, you were convinced today that it's definitely something different about going clockwise. I think the difference is And we may have talked about this once before, is if you set your watch, if you set your Garmin watch to think that you're wearing it on your right arm and you actually do wear it on the right arm, then clockwise will likely be the slower direction and counterclockwise will be the faster direction. That's an interesting theory. That's my theory. I guess we could set our watches differently and test that theory or put a watch on each arm and then you're going fast and slow at the same time just like hot ice hot ice now there's a movie rookie of the year Mm. so at the release before we get too much into running because we'll talk more about running here in a minute but at the release of this podcast it is january 3rd 2022 so happy new year to all our listeners It is the first podcast of 2022, but that's not the only significance of January 3rd. No, it's not. January 3rd, 2022 will be our 36th wedding anniversary. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that we're that old. We've known each other since we were 12. We're older than 36. We are a little older than 36 if we've been married 36 years. Mm Mm-hmm. We better be a little older than 36. Older and wiser, but it's been a good 36 years. We have two biological children and an in-law children. (laughs) 
child as a result. So three kids and a grandkid. So our family is still relatively small, but our hearts are full. Yes, they are. We've been richly blessed. Would you marry me again? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So last podcast, we talked a little bit about what you received for Christmas. We didn't talk about what I got for Christmas. We didn't. I thought it would be good to share some of what I got for Christmas. Okay. So one of the things I got for Christmas was some stretchy cords for dry land swim practice. It's a brand called Stretch Cords. and With a Z? Yeah, with a Z on the end. And they are quite challenging. Basically, strap one end of the cord to a door frame, a door, and then you lean over and you do the freestyle swimming motion. And it's a little bit more tension than what the water is going to give. Quite a bit, actually. And I've enjoyed using that. I guess you can adjust the tension by getting closer or farther from the door. Yes and no. If if you get too close, then there's almost no tension, and then it gets hard. So if the tension is too much, it's better to get a different density of cord, and it looks like they have maybe six different densities. And one I have is right in the middle. It's rated at 8 to 24 pounds of pressure. Yeah, and that's definitely the drawback to cords over different types of weights is the farther you stretch the cord, the more load you're bearing. So it's not a consistent weight that you're pulling throughout the motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else I got for Christmas that was a really good surprise was a pair of Saucony Endorphin Speed 2 shoes. Yeah, I have the original Endorphin Speed shoes, so I'm wondering if the twos are different. I'm sure there's slight differences. But I wore those today on the track, and they felt really good. I really like those shoes. Did they feel more reactive than the Hoka's? I don't know if they felt more reactive. They felt soft and light. But I've enjoyed running in them. This was the first time I've done any speed in them. I wore them a few times on easy runs just to break them in and make sure that I liked them. Because if the shoe doesn't work... I certainly want to send it back and get something that will work. That's true. What else did you get for Christmas that you didn't actually get for Christmas? Funny story. I uh, use a software program that pulls all of our income and expenditures from the various ways we deposit and expend our money. I pull it all into one software package, and I don't look at it starting in October just because... You're purchasing stuff, and I'm purchasing stuff for Christmas, and I don't want to run any surprises. So the day before yesterday, I decided I was going to take some time and get caught up on this program because things that are recurring purchases, it does a good job of remembering and labeling it correctly. But other purchases, and especially if I write checks, I have to go through and remember what that purchase was and code it to the correct thing. So I have all the different categories set up. And it helps us budget for the upcoming year, knowing what we spent in the previous year. So as I was doing this, I noticed that I had purchased you a Christmas gift that I had forgotten I purchased. And I really didn't know where it was because you certainly hadn't opened it. So I went exploring. And I had not been snooping looking for presents. Well, we won't talk about you finding your 
Houdini jacket. We won't talk about that. <laughs> but do you want to share what that gift was? Which I conveniently said, oh, it's an early anniversary present. I don't remember the brand right off the top of my head, but it is a 800 lumen light that can be wore around the waist or on the head. And so that will be great. Because when I was out in Moab with our friend Lee Anderson, he was borrowing a waist-mounted light, and he just said how wonderful that was. And so I'm glad to have gotten one of those, because I do run in the dark quite a bit, and I typically wear a headlamp. But now I can wear a headlamp and a waist lamp and be just all the more visible to others out on the roads or on the trail. Yeah, it not only makes you visible, but it also helps you see. A lot of the lights make us visible, but you still can't see with them. So, but the brand of it, I had never heard of it. It's called Ultraspire. It's the lightweight version. Mm-hmm. So I think you haven't actually, you were in our pantry with it to see how well it illuminated because it's dark in there, but I don't think you've actually run in the dark with it yet, have you? Well, since I've been on vacation, I haven't had to run in the dark. I will say that that is the nice thing about retirement is I have a friend who retired this summer. And so now I can actually run with a friend in the daylight on a work day. Because when I first retired, I was still running with all my working friends and running in the dark. So... This was the first winter that I've enjoyed running at daylight. And recently it's getting light between 6.30 and 6.45. So that's the earliest that I take off right now. Yeah. And this morning I ran with a friend who's not retired because she's on a little vacation herself. And we didn't start until 8.30. Wow. So it was nice to catch up with her. Hmm. And my run on Tuesday had some kill repeats in it where I was going 10k effort up the hill and recovering at marathon pace down the hill and up the hill was a huge headwind I mean I don't know what the wind rate was but it was significant and it was raining just full blast right into our faces and also still trying to take good care of my upper hamstring so my uphill efforts were probably a little slower than I'd want them to be, but the effort was good. But downhill, I was having to slow myself down to not go too much faster than marathon pace because I think that headwind became a great tailwind on the way down the hill. So it was very easy at marathon pace. And I was thinking, wow, I hope we get a tailwind in Boston. Or a tailwind in Mesa. It's also a point-to-point. Yeah. When I ran Boston in October... The wind wasn't significant, but it was a headwind the -hmm. entire time. So when you were doing your heels on Tuesday, I happened to jog that way. And I wasn't doing the same workout that you were doing, but I was working my way up the hill through the wind with the rain in my face. And you and Suzanne just ran right past me like I was standing still. Well, we were doing a workout. That's true. (laughs) But it was impressive, you all cutting through the wind. It was a good workout. When we first pulled into the parking lot, Suzanne rode down her window. This was at 6.30 in the morning, right as daybreak was happening. And she said, I have plenty I can do and can come back at 10 if you don't want to fight this wind and rain. 
said, oh no, I'm already here. <laughs> like, we're here. Like, let's just give it a go. So once we got out there and got wet, it wasn't too bad. And even though it's end of December, the temperatures aren't typical for end of December. If it's cold and rainy and windy, that's a whole different story. But, I mean, it was probably in the 50s, upper 40s, low 50s. Yeah, the weather's been unusually warm. It's been great wearing shorts every day to go running in yeah. December, late December. Yep. So I have a little streak going now. I've run every day this week. I really thought I would hit 2,000 miles this year, but I got that virus and was down and out for two weeks after I'd already decided to rest the hamstring for a few days. So it was almost three weeks that I didn't run, which for me, that would be about 120 miles. And I think when all is said and done, after my workout tomorrow, I'm going to be maybe 65 miles short of 2,000 miles. But that's okay. That's okay. I, I went and looked back. My highest training year, as far as running miles go, which I'm sure my highest training year, if I count swimming, biking, and running, was in 2017, leading up to Ironman Louisville. But as far as just running miles, 2019 was my highest, and I think that was 2,130 miles. But at the end of that year, then in 2020, January and February were very low mileage because my body just needed a break after that big year. But all my PRs are at the end of 2019, so those miles paid off. Yeah, so that's a good segue into what I thought we would talk to today about, and that's the importance of easy training. It's easy to think that the way to improve is to push your body to its limits as often as possible, but research shows, and what you described from 2019, is that putting in the miles, even if they're not hard, can really give you improvements. And that's going to be true whether it's swimming, biking, or running. And there's a lot of information on the internet about the 80-20 rule with the idea that 80% of your training should be at a comfortable effort and 20% could be a little bit quicker, a little bit more challenging. What's your thoughts on 80-20? Yeah, I think when you're running healthy, 80-20 is a good rule of thumb because there cannot be enough said about building that aerobic base, that aerobic threshold, and just getting your muscular and skeletal systems accustomed to hitting the pavement often, especially if you're going to be working your way up to half and full distances. It's just really important that, I mean, I'm kind of of the theory a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest stays at rest. And I know that Newton law applies to something completely different, but I think there's a lot to be said about that. So if you're perfectly healthy, I think 80-20 is key. But for our athletes, we have several athletes who have a few little niggles or injuries that they're working through right now. And they're on the 100% easy plan. And uh, I'm thinking of a particular athlete, like when she gets out the door, it is specifically to walk, then run easy. If there's any pain, then walk the rest of the way and just having her body used to still getting up and getting out the door and doing what she can, I think is helping her make gains. And we will continue only giving an athlete easy effort, zone two efforts, and even walking when necessary until they feel healthy. 
what we don't like to do, but sometimes we have to, is a real long extended period of time of full rest. And sometimes it's just necessary if there's a stress reaction showing up on an x-ray or MRI or if there's actually a little fracture happening, then full rest is just the only way to get back at it. And even then, we would much prefer pull running or if it's a foot problem, then they can do some upper body ergometer work and different things like that. But as far as efforts, when you're healthy, 80% of the time doing a zone two easy conversational pace, whether it's on the bike or in the pool, although you're not going to be chit-chatting while you're swimming, but kind of the same breathing thoughts there. Mm -hmm. And then also on the run. And the run's the most tricky because it's the one that really aggravates injury the most because it's just, it's pounding. And the faster you go, exponentially more force you are applying to the skeletal and muscular systems. So yeah. 100% healthy person that's working with us is still going to have at least 80% of their runs at an easy effort because we may put in hard efforts a couple, two or three runs a week, but the whole run's not going to be hard. It's going to be easy. So a lot of the runs will be 100% easy. And then the runs that do have effort in them, still going to have, we want them to keep their warm-ups, cool-downs, and recoveries easy. Yeah, and if you consider swimming and biking and running also, even on some of those easy days, we like to mix in some strides or just some real short pickups just for the variety and to keep the legs fresh, the body fresh. But if you do six 20-second pickups over the course of an hour effort, that's a real low percentage But it gives you, again, some variety and keeps your body used to putting out a little bit of effort. I know athletes look at their workouts, especially when we have them in a recovery cycle, and they're like, oh man, another week of all zone two. But again, and I think we've talked about it a number of times on this podcast, but we just cannot overemphasize how important it is to go into a recovery cycle periodically throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I was forced into that at the end of 2019. You're talking about my segue into this conversation, but when I had finished my marathon in late July that year, I was probably ready for a recovery cycle then, but I was running so well, I wanted to go ahead and stay conditioned for the Evansville half and then ended up doing the St. Jude half that year as well, which was a personal best on a hilly course. So You crushed it. Yeah, but after that, I definitely, my body said, you need a recovery cycle. So January and February, I took my low mileage. As a result, 2020's overall mileage was lower than 2019, but that's okay. Yeah, and when you're talking about a recovery cycle, you might also think of it as a base building cycle where you're focusing almost entirely on easy, maybe cut back on the volume. It's a good opportunity to to do some of the extra things to prepare you for the next build to your next race, like strength training, maybe some yoga. So that reminds me of when you and I spoke with Lee Anderson about his Moab 240 training how he tripped and fell and broke his shoulder so he wasn't able to run 
but he was able to walk. And so he walked and walked, and he really thinks that was a positive for him in the ultra marathon because there is a lot of walking in some ultra races. But I feel like it's important for athletes if you can't run, try to walk the amount of time that your workout needs to be, or hop on the bike, or if you can't ride the bike, then go for a walk, or hop in the pool. But the main thing is lace up your shoes, get out the door, do easy exercise at least 80% of the time. Do what you can. Yeah, and for some of our athletes, we have to troubleshoot this, and it's different for every athlete. We had an athlete this morning text, and the athlete had taken a full rest day yesterday and said the legs still weren't feeling totally fresh and wanted to know, hey, can I just cross-train on the bike? And if he were training for triathlon, we'd be much more gung-ho about that. But we are like, hmm, what? it was going to be a run workout today. We are like, mm, let's change it to an all-easy zone to run. And if you get into it and you're just not feeling it, then just walk. And then after his run, he sent a message just talking about how great and how fresh his legs felt. So sometimes you just don't know unless you get out there and give it a go. But I think it is more important that he got out there and did an easy run than just try to go through the workout when his body may not have been ready for it or may have been, but his mindset definitely wasn't ready for it. But now, after a positive, easy run today, I think he's excited about the run workout tomorrow. So you just have to be flexible and listen to your body. And sometimes as coaches, we're able to help our athletes know the difference between, as we've said before, when to hold them and when to fold them. Yeah, we had another athlete this morning who did a easy run. But when he first started, he just had some unusual achiness but after about a quarter mile half mile it went away and he said the rest of the run just felt great so sometimes our bodies are just a little achy and we need to figure out if that's something that's going to work its way out or if it's something that's more severe that we need to change what we're doing yeah we had an athlete this week roll her ankle on sunday and so Monday, she said, hey, I'm fixing to go do my run, but when you know, I rolled my ankle yesterday and it hurts a little bit. So we were like, mm, no, don't go do your run. So instead, we had her ice. And then fortunately, it was just a pretty minor deal because the next day she texted us and said, hey, my ankle feels great. And she's back at it. So we're talking about the importance of easy training. I remember reading an article off of triathlete.com about the way that Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden, both Norwegians, how they train. And there's a heavy emphasis on keep your easy days easy and your hard days hard. And they have demonstrated that they are at the top of their field in triathlon. And that's changing the way other professional triathletes are approaching their training. And it's really a uh, refreshing way to train rather than just draining yourself every day. Enjoy those easy days and do what needs to be done on the hard days. Yeah, and a lot of athletes train somewhere in the middle where it's really not doing anything 
for them. They're going a lot faster than their zone two, but they're not really doing anything to improve their lactate threshold or their VO2 max. They're just kind of running medial mission, no man's land. And they just plateau. They don't get better and they can't understand why. And then we start working with them and get them to buy into easy days easy and hard days hard. And after we get to know them as an athlete, we can pretty much help them determine what easy paces look like for them. And of course, it's always a range because a lot of factors influence paces. We were talking last week about how my easy pace is probably 20 to 30 seconds slower right now than it had been a month ago before I contracted whatever little virus I had. And But the effort's still there. It's the same effort. It's just resulting in a different pace. So you just have to give your athletes a range and understand that sometimes you'll be at the high end of that range and sometimes you'll be at the lower end of that range and trust the process. The other thing about 80% easy when you're healthy, you're more likely to stay healthy. You can run a lot more miles if you're not constantly going at hard efforts. Yeah. And you don't want to be a slave to your watch or a slave to your power meter. You want to put out the right amount of effort and let the numbers fall where they may. And that should be within the prescribed range. Yeah, and that's harder with newer athletes. And I don't mean new to our team. If we have athletes that are seasoned and they join our team, they can pretty much understand what the easy effort is and what the different RPEs are and those types of things. But our newer athletes, sometimes we really have to help them understand what that looks like. And for our brand new athletes, there is no easy effort. If they're not used to running, it's hard. (laughs) It's just hard. It is hard. It's easier to lay on the couch with the potato chips. Yes. And swimming is hard. Cycling is as hard as you want to make it. That's true. Because you know the thing different about a bicycle is you can coast. With running, you can't coast. Like, if you're not moving your legs, you're not moving. With swimming... If you're not moving your arms, or at least moving your legs, if you're not moving something, you're not propelling through the water. With biking, you can pedal a few turns, coast, pedal a few turns, coast. Totally different. Totally different. So speaking of bike riding, we went on a little day trip, which was the first time we'd been out of town over this Christmas vacation, and I had a really good time. Do we call that our daycation? Daycation. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't much of a daycation, though. It was a work trip. Yeah. I wanted to visit the Ashland City Half Marathon course because we have several athletes, and I'm planning to sign up eventually. Uh, several athletes who have expressed an interest in this race, and several who have already registered for this race. Yeah. And I wanted to just do some race reconnaissance for the team. And mapping the course online suggested that it was hillier than what the race website advertised. So I've been in communication with the race director. We went down, and it was an interesting drive. From Owensboro, we took Interstate 165 south, and I thought we would go through Bowling Green and then Nashville and hang a right over to Ashland City, but... Following Google Maps, we got off the interstate at Morganfield, Kentucky, 
and took the scenic route. And we went through quite a few little towns along the way. We went through Russellville, and we went through Adairsville, into Tennessee, and then Springfield, Cooperstown, Pleasant View, and then finally made it to Ashland City. But it was a pleasant drive. Did you get car sick? No, I didn't. Well, we weren't in any hurry. Just beautiful scenery. I was surprised that we saw a little bit of the tornado damage as we were driving. Just some wooded areas just mangled on both sides of the road. Yeah, a lot of tree stumps that were maybe six, seven feet tall and the rest of the tree just gone. Yeah, but other than the trees, I didn't see any other tornado damage going the route that we went. Yeah, I think we were kind of between where it hit. But it was a very scenic drive, and we made it to Ashland City, found the start line for the half marathon course, and then I had brought my bicycle, my road bike, mounted two GoPro cameras on it, and had my iPhone mounted on the handlebars as well, so I could follow the course, do a full video, and a time-lapse video. Let's just say that was challenging, but I had a really good time riding on this scenic half marathon course. It was beautiful along, I believe it was the Cumberland River for quite a bit of it. I remember passing at least one mailbox that was a largemouth bass. We don't have many of those in Owensboro. And I passed a sign for Mini Moo Farms. That was an interesting name. And eventually I ended up on a greenway. I can't remember the name of it. Something Centennial Greenway. And it was long and pretty much straight, but it had a lot of roots under the pavement. And so my GoPro cameras were bouncing around. That path is not designed for a road bike. And there were quite a few flat bridges on the path. Some of them, most of them were wooden. Again, not designed for a road bike. But there were some significant bumps on and off of the bridges. On race day, running, that's not going to be a real problem. Now, a wooden bridge could be slippery if it's below freezing, but otherwise, I was really impressed with the course. Very flat. Um, looking forward to running and or spectating. Yes, because this is a course we talked about that Jacob may or may not be getting an entry for Christmas to this course, and it was advertised as fast and flat, but then when we put it into a mapping program online, it showed eight to 900 feet of gain, and so talking back and forth with the race director, he's like, no, it's flat. I think it's going through the bottom of the lake to get that elevation on the map. Yeah, going under the water instead of over the bridge. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. But... Part of the course is under construction, and so the race director has said that the course will have to be changed, and he sent a preliminary updated course map to me yesterday, and he says it's going to be even more flat than before. So who knows? We may have to make another trip once the course is finalized, and I'll get my GoPro cameras mounted a little bit better and maybe have to borrow a, a mountain bike to uh, handle that So are we going to... Trail. Are we going to post in our Facebook group the preliminary footage that you have? Is that a plan? I think I could do that. It's not going to have totally the accurate 
2022 course, but it gives you a real good idea that it's flat and you'll see all of the scenery. I don't know that you'll see the largemouth bass or the mini moo farms in the time-lapse mode. You'll notice being along the river and you'll notice all of the bridges that are passed. And you'll notice that there's very little up and down. Yeah, it makes me want to race it, but I already have my year mapped out and I don't think I'm going to add another race to the year. I have four marathons and a half marathon already scheduled in this year, so I don't think I'll add this one. I don't think this one would be a good one for you with the bumpiness on the trail. That's probably true with my crazy eyes. Yeah, beautiful but crazy. So if we do share that video, one caveat is that the course will be different, and I'm not sure I actually rode the course in the correct direction, but you can still get a feel for it. Yeah, you definitely get a sense of the terrain in the video. Mm -hmm. Pretty flat, couple little speed bumps, I'd say. Just to finish up our vacation, after leaving Ashland City, we took a 30-minute drive to Nashville, which it was going to be about the same length of time to go from Ashland City back to Owensboro direct, or go from Ashland City to Nashville to Owensboro. So we decided to head over to Opera Mills just to walk around. Shopryland. Yeah. And we had a pleasant meal at the Rainforest Cafe. We had to take video of the fish and the elephants and the tigers and send those videos to Eliane. She loves fish. Fish! She was watching the video and Shelby was recording her and she was making her little fish face. Mm-hmm. Pretty cute. She's quite talented. She is. So, Coach Paula, do you have a scripture you would like to share today? Well, one we talked about that I think is appropriate for what we were talking about is keeping your easy days easy so your hard days can be hard. Made us think of the scripture in Revelations 3, 15 through 17 that says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So, if you're training lukewarm, you're not going to get any benefit. But I think this scripture is in reference to your faith. If you're just kind of going through the motions, then it's really just the same as not being a Christian at all. If you're not all in, you're not in. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy anniversary, Dean. Happy anniversary. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.